coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. You're extremely empathetic when you first meet a person. And empathy means to put yourself in another person's shoes. See, here's, here's, a, here's a great thought. I wonder what it's like to be married to me. L- listen to this one. I wonder what it's like to be on the other side of my mouth. You ever thought about that one? Kind of a scary thought sometimes. But on the other side of my mouth is a person's heart. talk about the four areas of intimacy, and we're going to use an acronym, INVEST. Intimacy necessitates value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. That's the word INVEST. If we're going to be intimate, it means we must have value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. Let's begin with mental intimacy, and we're just going to apply our acronym here. So mental intimacy, the ability to share thoughts on a deep level and to successfully find a point of agreement on essential issues. Now think about the importance of that related to marriage. The ability really to share any thought. Remember, intimacy means inner closeness, unhindered access. That I have access to your thoughts. There's nothing that you're keeping from me and there's nothing toxic in our relationship that we can't share. Okay, mental intimacy. Number one, we're talking about intimacy necessitates value. I value your thoughts. Your thoughts are important to me. Well, I I counseled a guy, you know, in, in, I was doing a seminar someplace and this, this guy came and talked to me and he was just, he was just as dumb as I was when I got married. He reminded me of me and, um, he had the worst marriage and he said, um, my wife's goofy. She's just goofy. And he says, every time she says something, I just tell her you're goofy. And he said, so he's talking, you know, he has, he had three boys and in front of his boys, he said it. Then his boys started saying it to her. And every time she would say something, the boys would say, mom, you're goofy. You're goofy. And then at the end, so he's sharing about his marriage and how goofy his wife was. And then he says, and we have terrible sex. Now, what, what do you think that she needs to do to make that right? And I said, uh, you're the problem. And he said, what? I said, let me just tell you something right now. I said, every time your wife shares something with you, I said, first of all, you have you and three boys in the house. Thank God that there's a woman in that house. (laughs) And I said, you desperately need her. And what she's saying to you is not goofy. It's right. And you need to listen to it. And I said, just because it's not the way you think doesn't mean it's wrong. We are two halves of a whole. Man has a man brain. Woman has a woman brain. Together they make a God brain. But you can't have it if you don't respect each other. When you devalue and reject the thoughts of your spouse, intimacy is out the window. And I said, I want you to go home, and I want you to get in bed with your wife tonight, and I want you to apologize to her. He said, what? And I said, you are wrong. You should never again tell her she's goofy. Every time she talks, you should say, wow, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't understand it. I'm going to have to meditate on it a while, but it's, it's awesome. And you tell your boys that you've been wrong and never to say that to your wife again. Well, so the next day at the seminar, he came, big old smile on his face. He said, well, we were up till three in the morning. 
And I said, talking or having sex? He said, both. Because <laughs> he got in bed and said to her, I am so sorry. I had no idea what I was saying to you was doing what it was doing. But Jimmy Evans told me that I was wrong. I want you to know that I'm sorry. And never again will I call you goofy. She bawled her eyes out. And then they were intimate. They now counsel people in marriage. They are the most awesome. I am, I'm so proud of them. Because, you know, he just, he just took it on the chin. He just said, okay, I'm wrong. He went. He repented. They have helped so many people in their marriages. But think, think about your spouse is sharing something with you. Your eye contact, countenance. You know, somebody can be sharing something with you. You don't say anything wrong. It's like. And you just, or, or you know, you're just not tuned in. And, and you know. You're, you know that they're not listening to you. Well, if you don't value what I'm saying, we're not, we're not going to have a, a, a successful conversation. And what it means is because I know you don't value what I'm saying, I don't want to share anything with you. So my spouse won't share with me. What happens when they share? Okay, here's, here's the second. Energy. I will work hard to listen and understand what you're saying. I, I, I'm going to have to live because you're different than me. And because you come from a different perspective, I'm not just going to be able to hear simply and understand it because you're a different person. Another thing is this. All your major needs are different. All the major needs. Men need honor, sex, friendship with their wives, and domestic support. Women need security, soft non-sexual affection, uh, open and honest communication, and leadership from their husbands. We're, we're completely different. So understand... When your spouse is talking to you, if you don't work, if you don't apply yourself, first of all, I value what you're saying. What you're saying is important, and I value you. I know you're very different than me, but I'm not going to roll my eyes. I'm not going to fall asleep. I'm not going to do anything like that. I value what you say, and I'm going to work hard to listen and to understand it. And if I don't understand it, we're going to talk until I do understand it, but I'm going to work. Number three is sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice my need to be right and to be judgmental. When your spouse is sharing with you, you need to understand it's the old saying, you can either be right or be happy. For some people, they just always have to be right. And they're very judgmental. They, they you know, very quick with their mouth. This is me. He is very quick. Very, I've never been at a loss for words, and it's not a good thing. I'm just telling you right now. I wish I'd have been at a loss for words many times. But, but I'm, I know what I'm going to say, and what I have to do is restrain that. And sometimes just walk away when it's no big deal and just say, you know, I'm going to be wrong and be happy. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to judge what they say. You don't have to be right. Sometimes you compromise. Sometimes you just go on with your life knowing that maybe, you know, you're right, they're wrong, and, but you're not going to say anything. Number four, trust. I'm going to create a consistent, caring atmosphere in my life where you are free to share any thought. Now listen, I'm your safe place. When something really fantastic happens in your life or something really terrible happens in your life, you're always going to tell the safest person first. Right? When you're going through something really good or really bad, you're going to talk to the safest person. In our marriage, I was not the safest person. Karen never shared anything with me for the first several years of our marriage because I was an idiot. And didn't care, wasn't tuned in, very judgmental, had to be right. And finally, you know, after years of, you know, our marriage being bad, and then I changed, and I, I, I repented and hung up my golf clubs. 
and began to take care of Karen and to meet her needs and, and to say I was wrong. And the issue about being naked is it means purity. You can only have intimacy in an atmosphere of purity where you take responsibility for your mistakes and your spouse feels safe. So years later when I had changed, Karen started sharing things with me and I said one time to her, how, how long have you been thinking that? She said, well, for years. And I said, why didn't you tell me before? She said, Jimmy, I didn't trust you. She said, you're just now to a place where I can say something and I can trust you with it. Let's go to emotional intimacy for just a minute. Emotional, we're going to do the same thing now with the acronym. Emotional intimacy, the ability to openly and safely express our emotions in an atmosphere of sensitivity, care, and emotional support. Okay, it's the same thing. Now it's just on an emotional level. We're talking about feelings. Okay, here are the five main reasons couples fight. Okay, when it comes down to the reasons that we fight, here they are. Number one is work stress. That's interesting. Number one reason for fighting is I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I've been working. Both of us have been working. Okay, number two, money. Number three is children. It's the third reason that couples fight. Number four is sex, sexual tension, sexual frustration. Number five is housework. Okay, just the house isn't taken care of. You're not doing your job with the house. Work, stress, money, children, sex, and housework. But here's the real reason that we fight. You don't care. You don't care about the kids. You don't care about the fact that I'm one taking the kids all taking care of the kids all day long. You, you don't care about the fact that the house looks bad. And, and that you're not doing anything to help me out here. You don't care about how hard I'm working and about the sacrifices that I'm making and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just you don't care. Um, Karen, you know, the, a lot of our biggest fights always happened in the car uh, driving. And uh, it, they happened because Karen would say, well, Karen, you know, I scared her to death. I mean, I, the way I drove. But I'm the greatest driver in the world. You know, my, all my relatives, you know, race called car drivers in my mind, you know, my dreams. But um, so I'd be driving and Karen, you know, and Karen's very animated. You know, she's not a quiet passenger. And she's a backseat driver, A, and B, grabbing the dash, screaming, putting her, putting her feet up on the dash, all that kind of stuff. And, and so it just would great. I'd get in a car and it would just grate on me. You know, she'd be over there griping. And so... Um, one day I thought to myself, you know, I don't care how she feels. Now, when we, we started dating, I did. When we started dating, I picked her up in my car, and I was so careful how I drove. I remember thinking, I don't want to upset her. I want her to like me. I want her to fall in love with me, so I'm going to be super careful how I drive. And I was. I was. That went out the window. And she would sit over there, and she would complain the entire time I was driving. I didn't care. And the day came when I slowed down. And, and Karen is the type of a person that she'll, you know, this is men. I know some of the men will understand this. Uh, one stoplight, she'll say, uh, you could have made that. <laughs> the next stoplight, she'll say, you're trying to kill us? You ran through that stoplight. So what I've learned is there is no right answer. Okay, so some of the men are, are getting some healing out of this. But... But what I've learned is this, life is better when I care. I care that I'm scaring you. I care that I'm upsetting you. If I see that this is upsetting you, 
I care about your feelings. See, we always care about each other's feelings when we first date and start relating, don't we? I mean, we always do. You all, you're, you're extremely empathetic when you first meet a person. And empathy means to put yourself in another person's shoes. See, here's, here's, a, here's a great thought. I wonder what it's like to be married to me. L- listen to this one. I wonder what it's like to be on the other side of my mouth. You ever thought about that one? Kind of a scary thought sometimes. But on the other side of my mouth is a person's heart, is a person's feelings. You fall in love for two reasons. Number one, you admire something in another person. And number two, you like the way they make you feel about yourself. You don't fall in love with the person that makes you feel bad about yourself. You fall in love with a person because they do something positive to your emotions. I care about how you feel. Number two, I'm going to work hard to be sensitive to you and to meet your emotional needs. Well, I just mentioned the four major needs of a man, four major needs of a woman. Okay, let me talk about the first. Honor is the mega need of men. It's the mega need. It's the need above all needs. Security is the mega need of women. When you're meeting our primary need, when a man feels honored and a woman feels secure, it is you're half the way there of meeting their emotional needs. When a man feels disrespected and a woman feels insecure, it is devastating to their emotional state. It puts them literally into a state of hostility. When a woman feels insecure, she's having to take care of herself. She's afraid, not, not because she's not a woman of God, but it just she's vigilant. She's having to take care of the issues that she shouldn't have to be taken care of. Nothing makes a woman feel as insecure as a selfless, detached man. Nothing makes a woman feel more secure than a selfless, sacrificial man. We hear through our deepest needs. Literally, we hear. So everything a man says to a woman has to be encrypted with the language of security. When you're speaking to a woman, regardless of what the conversation's about, here's what she wants to hear. I'm yours first, and to my hurt, I'll take care of you. Work is second. Everything else is second. You're first. And I'll take care of you before I'll take care of me. And you won't have to say it twice. You won't have to nag. You won't have to beg. It says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself. And in that spirit, I will take care of you. She's, she's in heaven. That's what a woman wants to hear. And in every conversation, you have to know that she's not just hearing your words. She's hearing your attitude. Do you care? about me. Do you understand how important security is? Same is true of a man. When a woman is speaking to a man, regardless of what the conversation is, if you're going to meet his emotional needs and be his best friend, he's got to hear in your voice, I believe in you. You're a good man. You've got what it takes. He's in heaven. That's, that's the mega need of men emotionally. Number three, I will sacrifice. This is sacrifice. I'll sacrifice the need for you to feel the way I do for your needs to be valid or for me to meet your needs. See, Karen and I just have different, different emotions most of the time. When you're meeting your spouse's needs in marriage, rarely will you have that need at that time. Rarely. When Karen has a need that I'm meeting, I don't have that need. 
So what the worst marriages in the world are, you have to feel the way I feel before your feelings are valid. And you have to feel the way I feel before I'll respond to that need. But in a good marriage, what it means is I may not feel the way you feel right now. But because you feel the way you do, I'm going to come out of my world into your world and I'm going to take care of your need. I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice my typical uh, inclination to be selfish and detached. And it's the way men and women both are emotionally if we're not careful. The lastly, trust. I will build an atmosphere where you're safe to share any feeling and to know it's valued and supported. And here's, here's the main thing. My feelings may not be right, but they're real. I'm going to say half of my feelings aren't right. You know what I'm saying? I may be feeling jealous. I may be feeling insecure. I may be feeling angry. I may be feeling down. And, you know, they might, might not be right. But I need to share. And, and when, when I'm sharing my feelings, I don't want to be judged for it. Sometimes I just need somebody to listen to me and say, yeah, I understand that. That's my safe place. It's where I can share any feeling and understand I'm safe to share that feeling. And I won't be judged and I won't be scolded and I won't be shamed because of it. You know, I hope that... Uh You know, I hope that this teaching today has been a blessing to you. Return to intimacy, this teaching on intimacy. What I love about it is, you know, you, we hear about being intimate, and many times we think of sex when we think of intimacy, but really intimacy, sex can be, uh, you know, uh, an outward sign of intimacy. But if intimacy isn't happening on the inside, it ain't happening. And we talked about value, you know, value, energy, sacrifice, trust, and then applying that to mental and emotional intimacy. We just got an email here at Marriage Today, and it was a couple, <clears throat> and she had ordered uh, return to intimacy, and they were having marriage problems. And when it came in the mail, they were having a lot of problems, but they sat down, her and her husband, and they sat down, and they listened to this teaching that you heard on today's program. In fact, what you're hearing on today's program is just a part of a teaching and also just a very small part of our full seminar, return to intimacy. But, but she sat down with her husband. They listened to the teaching, they watched the teaching, and she wrote and said, when her husband heard that teaching on value, he turned to her and said, I don't value you. You know, and I, I tell the story about a man that I met one time when I was doing a marriage seminar, and every time his wife made a comment, he would tell her that she was goofy, you know, like I said on today's program, that she, you're goofy, and he would roll his eyes. They had no intimacy. She didn't want to have anything to do with him. She didn't want to have, you know, sex with him or anything like that. Because when you uh, don't value a person, when, when you don't value a person and, and give the energy at working at your marriage, they feel rejected. And I know many of you watching right now, you feel rejected. And I remember early in our marriage, Karen would be talking to me, and either I wasn't paying attention to her, but there were many times she would say something, I would just say, that's weird, or, or that's wrong, or something like that. And you know, to say the least, it wasn't good for our marriage, and, and it inhibited the intimacy of our relationship. And so valuing just means looking at each other. And when your spouse says something, you know, to say, man, that's, that's really important, you know, and validating, you know, and, and working at it. Like I said, you know, mentally and emotionally working at it. One of the things that research is proving is the importance of empathy in a relationship. And empathy means putting myself in my spouse's place. And this, this is what you do when you start dating and you fall in love. We're constantly assessing 
how our behavior is affecting our spouse, and we want it to be positive. For example, you know, when you when you're dating, I mean, you're you're just working your head off to try to get that person to like you and to accept you and to love you. And so because of that, we're so careful at what we say, we're so careful at what we do. And what happens when the uh, when we become comfortable in the relationship, we begin to take each other for granted. And now it's the, the exact opposite. I don't care how I, what I say makes you feel. I don't care what I do makes you feel. You know, you may be talking, I don't care about that. Well, that's how you fall out of love. That's how you're, that's how you lose the intimacy and the passion of your relationship, and it's just as simple, literally, as making a decision that I'm going to try again. I'm going to work at the relationship again. I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to value what you're saying. I'm going to let you know that you're valuable. You know, we love people for two reasons. One is we like something about them, but secondly, we like the way they make us feel about ourselves. That's why you fall in love. You like the way a person makes you feel about yourself. You need to think about that. How do you make your spouse feel? You know, are, are you empathetic? Are you meeting their needs? We hope that this has been helpful. Watch this. I hope this program today has been a blessing to you. We love coming to you to encourage you in your marriage and in life in general. You know, marriage today is under attack. There is absolutely no doubt about it. It's just under attack. And we raise a standard. Marriage today exists to come to you and to people all across America and around the world and help them to succeed in marriage. We see the media, we see the entertainment industry, we see our own government so disrespectful of marriage, the way God created it. And today we see an absolute assault against the family unit and against traditional marriage. Marriage today exists to raise the standard, God's standard for marriage. And so would you help us? We're asking you, if you're blessed by this ministry, if you believe in what we're doing, the information is there on your screen of how you can call us, how you can write us and send us a gift, or how you can go online right now on our secure website and give to support Marriage Day. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And everything that you give to us goes to minister to marriages, to keep little children together with their parents to keep families intact, and to give the next generation hope that marriage works. Marriage works 100% of the time when you do it God's way. We all have a 100% chance of success in marriage when we do it according to God's design. And that's what we love to do. We love to give people hope. We love to give people help. And we have seen tens of thousands of marriages saved, millions of people's lives touched across America and around the world, but we can only do it because of the help of people like you. I'm asking you, if you would, right now, to give your most generous gift to support us here at Marriage Today. And you can also become a monthly partner and get a special resource that only our partners get. And the information is on your screen right now of how you can become a partner. Thank you so much for your faithful support for Marriage Today. God bless you.